Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. So I know this dates me. I was thinking, I said last service it's about 30 years old, but I think it's even older than that. I'm a huge Les Miserables fan. How many of you Les Miserables fans? Yeah, really dated now. But still a poignant musical, and one of the songs in Les Miserables that I've always liked but is very haunting is Empty Chairs at Empty Tables. And the first verse goes, there's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain goes on and on. Empty chairs at empty tables where my friends are dead and gone. It's a haunting song, but I think it's poignant in that it describes the way a lot of you feel right now. Those of you who were close to some of the ones that we've lost or you've lost others that weren't a part of this community, you know what that feeling is like to look at a chair that was once occupied by someone who meant the world to you and now that chair sits empty. We've lost a lot of saints that were a part of this community. I mean, look at the candles that are up here just this year. And at our staff meeting this past Tuesday, I had the staff as kind of a meditation. We read through the list of names of whom we lost. And I asked staff just to remember and reflect with just a couple words or a short sentence. What do you remember about that person and the impact that they left on you or this community. And so we read through the list and we discovered that there was a true lady that we've lost, that was always dressed to the nines and always acted properly. We lost a veteran of Iwo Jima in World War II who was so touched by a chaplain on the battlefield that he became a pastor and left a mark on so many people. We lost a choir member, a loved choir member who'd been a part of the choir for years and had this ongoing battle with cancer that she finally succumbed to. We lost a good kisser. We lost a snazzy dresser who was dressed by his wife so that they matched every Sunday. And it was a lovely thing and he always had a smile and was he had one of those handshakes that just let you know that you were loved. Full grip. We lost a selfless, quiet servant who we didn't realize had served in so many different capacities until we started sharing the stories at her funeral. Served in all sorts of quiet ways. We lost some very generous people in terms of their time and of their treasures and their gifts. Some of the, the items that we have in our kitchen were donated by one of the people that we lost this year. We lost a single dad who'd raised two daughters. We lost loved ones, lifelong partners, true loves, fathers and mothers and grandmothers and great-grandparents and grandfathers, the list of who we lost this year and how they touched this community. And we're grateful for them. 
As we say in our funeral liturgy, thank you for giving them to us to know and to love, and they left a mark on so many of you, and they left a mark on this place, and we are blessed. It's, it's often at times like this where I think of all of the saints that have gone before us that did so much work to have this place exist, and we are blessed because of them, and we're here, and we get to be here because of them and the marks that they left on us. So in the reading that Pastor Tony read, I want to go back to this, and I want to point out an interesting thing that happens right before the reading that Tony and the bell choir and the violin and the organ led us so beautifully through. So let's back up a few verses, and it starts with this, Jesus, and I want you to, to, to think about why would the gospel writer Luke open with this sentence for this passage? He came down, Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place. Now the words that Jesus ends up saying that were read this morning often get confused with the Sermon on the Mount. But the Sermon on the Mount is in the Gospel of Matthew and Jesus is up on a mountain talking so that the crowds below can hear. But here, notice what Luke does. Luke sets the stage differently on purpose, I think. Luke says, he came down with them and stood on a level place. Now the Greek word for came down is katabaino. Katabaino. We see it in other places all throughout the Gospels. In, in Jesus' own baptism at the beginning of Luke and all of the different Gospels, we see Jesus baptized in the River Jordan, and we, we talk about this at every baptism that we do. The, the skies open up, and we hear this wonderful voice of God saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, and we have this image of a dove that katabaino came down. In Jesus, it's it's that God isn't off in the clouds watching, hoping that it all turns out okay. Good luck. But we have a God in Jesus that katabaino came down and lived among us. The message version says God came down and set up a tent among us. It's a beautiful thing in Jesus. God came down. So let's go on and let's ask the question, to whom in this passage did Jesus speak to? Did Jesus come down and stand among and give these words? They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And everyone in the crowd was trying to touch him for power came out from him and healed all of them. So for whom did Jesus, actually go back to the last slide if you would. He came down, stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples, a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. So for whom did Jesus come and stand among? This is where you talk. Huh? could say everyone. It's, it's a whole representation because it's Gentiles, it's Jews. But if you go back to the next slide, it's also people who are sick, people who are filled with troubles, people who are struggling, people who are vulnerable. Martin Luther, when he was in the process of reforming the church, he 
given up on trying to heal the church and was deciding what this new church was gonna look like, and so he was deciding what are the true marks of the church? What is it that makes us Christian communities together? And he decided some things like, of course, communion and baptism and confession, but then he threw in another that maybe you haven't heard of before, struggle. Struggle. He thought it was important that we recognize as a church that we all struggle. The church is at its best when it tries not to avoid vulnerability, but admits it. That's when we're at our best. It's so important that we have days like this where we come together, and it may not always be fun, but we come together and we're mindful that we get to be community in our grief, we get to walk beside each other in our struggle and we get to be vulnerable. And it's there that God promises to enter into our lives. God promises in our vulnerability, that's when I'm most present. There is this verse where God promises, I will wipe away every tear. That's what a good parent does, right? It was about nine years ago, I was reflecting back. I remember it was nine years ago because my wife and I were dating at the time. We've been married eight years now, and, and we were over at my sister's house. We were having dinner out on the back porch, and my sons finished their dinner, this time obviously much younger than they are now. And my youngest and his brother went into the basement and we hadn't really thought about what was in my sister's basement, a treadmill and an exercise bike. And so they both decided, let's get in some exercise. My son gets on the treadmill and without thinking, cranked it to 10. And all of a sudden this treadmill just goes, Wah! and he grabs onto the bar and goes down on his knees. And you know the result of that, right? It's like sandpaper. And he comes running up without the skin on his knees, and he's in that panic state of shock, you know, where the pain hasn't quite set it, settled in yet, and he's running through the house not knowing what to do, kind of like a chicken with its head cut off, not knowing where to go or what to do. So I run out from the uh, porch, the patio, and I start chasing him around. I finally cornered him in the laundry room and I just grabbed him and held him as he freaked out. There's a weird feeling that that brings, isn't there? You know it as if you're a parent. It's like you hate that your kid's in pain, but you love that you get to be the one to try to calm them down. I chased him. I'm not a perfect father. There's all these passages in the Bible that say, how much more then? If you, how much more then? So if I, an imperfect parent, chase my kid and try to wipe away his tears, how much more does our perfect father chase us and try to hold us in our grief, in our struggle? 
and our pain. There's even this verse or this passage that we say in some of our creeds when we say the creeds. We usually do around baptisms, the Apostles' Creed, and it says that Jesus descended to the dead. It's one of those things that pastors get asked all the time, what the heck does that mean? I think it means that Jesus is announcing, there's nowhere you go that I don't find you. There's nowhere you go where I won't chase you and bring you back to me. Paul says it like, death. <laughs> it's lost its sting, brothers and sisters. In Christ, death has lost its sting. So let me close with this. I've been taking this racial reconciliation class over at Trinity Lutheran Seminary, and it's been very eye-opening. But one, they give us different exercises every week, different things to watch, things to listen to for homework or read. And one of the songs was called One Day that we got to like listen to on YouTube on our own time. And I'd never heard this song before, and it certainly speaks a lot toward racial reconciliation, but it, it also speaks a lot, and it struck me that it's so poignant for whatever struggle we're wrestling with, especially loss, because it speaks to the promise. So I ask you, could, could we sing that at church? And you know, Q's kind of hard to get along with sometimes, but, <laughs> but in his easygoing manner, he said, sure. And so here's, I just wanted to point out, you're gonna hear this when you get a chance to light the candles. Shauna and Christina are gonna sing it beautifully. And I want you to hear these words, because I think they'll instill some hope. One day, there'll be no more lives taken too soon. One day, there'll be no more need for a hospital room. One day, every tear that falls will be wiped by his hand. May you be instilled with the grace and the love of a God who never will stop chasing you.